0: Hi guys, this is Joe. Um, This was supposed to be episode 4, so you may hear us talk about Halloween, or things that might have happened in the past, or make reference to a mini-episode we were going to release alongside this. Unfortunately, due to technical difficulties with our planned guest for episode 3, we've had to bump this episode up and postpone her episode. So, enjoy the show! Welcome back to Talking Dolls.
1: Podcast where we talk about dolls and doll histories.
0: And in this week's episode, we're going to be covering the wild frontier of anime dolls slash anime import.
1: Well, specifically, we're talking more about anime licensed property dolls rather than just Eastern styled dolls.
0: Good distinction to make because it is a hot mess and it is fun to talk about and for our very special guest
2: very special
0: oh (laughs) god
1: for our very special guest here we have with us today our good friend linda hi
2: it's nice to be here i hope you guys are having a good day night afternoon morning whenever you're listening to this
1: I know I got to do zero reading up in preparation for this episode because I was in a business meeting about beard balm.
0: Which apparently contains lavender, and I was very distressed and pointed out that lavender is an irritant.
1: It's also aromatherapy, though.
2: <laughs> beard aromatherapy balm. Good deal. I know. Yeah. That's, that's a good it. way to start off the, the doll podcast. Well, just yeah. an so, acknowledgement of beards. They exist. Back they can smell good.
0: And <laughs> being <laughs> being less chaotic. Um Linda, um, would you care yes. to tell us about your history with dolls?
2: Well, I am forty one years old and I've been uh, collecting or a doll enthusiast my entire life. So I have the perspective of an olderish person who's been doing dolls and uh when I was in high school which is the 90s is when um collecting as a general activity got really really big so um I was on top of that in the 90s and through to today
0: You said your age but you didn't tell us your blood type or star sign I'm oh, very disappointed Oh no.
2: you're right oh well, I'm a Leo, and my blood type is a b, and I'm pretty sure that that has set me into one very specific uh stereotype, but I'm not quite sure which one.
0: Well, I don't know my blood type but...
2: mm.
1: <laughs> well, you're also blonde, doesn't that also denote your character type? <laughs> yes I
2: think so <laughs> so let me let me tell you a quick little story about um anime hair colors, just to kind of give you the, the perspective of how long I've had an interest in, in dolls and anime and whatnot, is that in middle school, which is the the early nineties for me, the way that you consumed anime that was in japan was by reading magazines because there was not a lot available here in the united states and there was even less if you weren't close to a a blockbuster or some other video rental place so you read about it in magazines and hoped that maybe it would be imported into blockbuster sometime in the future the magazine was called Protoculture Addict, and um, this was supposed to be the introduction for American people into anime to teach them all of the tropes and uh, the, the symbolism, and it actually told you what hair colors were coded to mean in Japan, which was nothing. They had no coding. They didn't mean anything, except for the hair color of pink, which meant that the character, if it was a girl and she had pink hair, she was very down to be crazy, if you know what I mean. So that was the the American perspective on hair colors in Japan.
1: What does that mean about Chibiusa?
2: I, I, that was what I was thinking when I read that.
1: <laughs> uh, that's like the most famous pink character over here. Well, to be
0: fair, her entire character arc is trying to steal her dad away from her mom.
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, let's not talk about that.
2: <laughs> True. So I guess it's not completely out there. <laughs>
0: No, instead, let's talk about Robotech.
2: Yes. Now, in the 80s, um, there was not a lot of pure anime that was brought into the United States. You know, you didn't have your um, Dr. Slump or anything else that was really big Dragon Ball, even in the 80s that was brought into the United States. It was stuff that was um, brought in and uh, repurposed and reculturalized for the United States. So you ended up with, up with like a lot of shows like Voltron or Robotech uh, or Battle of the Planets I think where they just sort of picked and chose what they wanted from the other culture and sort of edited it together into kind of a, an animation salad of different uh, shows or seasons from the shows to to make what they wanted to present in the United States Uh, You saw this happen, too, with Transformers when that came over to the United States. It was a whole bunch of different toy lines in Japan that they just kind of picked and chose which transforming robots they wanted and repackaged them and called it new. And uh, the marketing for the toys was uh, a little bit more scattershot and a little bit more wild. So when they brought over Macross, that anime that was a giant city that transformed into a robot and... Uh, If you don't know what Macross is, it's not really important to this, but they decided to do a two-pronged approach with the marketing, which is that they had a boy's side with action figures and transforming vehicles and a girl's side that had Barbie dolls, essentially. And as far as I can tell, those are the first real anime dolls that were made in the United States about 1984, 1985.
0: Can I just get you saying fashion dolls in like the same sort of tone you said that?
2: Fashion dolls?
0: Okay, thanks. Sorry, I'm just scared about calling it Barbie dolls when we mean fashion dolls because I don't want angry doll nerds to like be like, "You're using the <laughs> wrong terminology."
2: Well, I was being a little bit facetious with it, but I understand where you're coming from.
0: Um, oh god, I'm being, a, I'm being a Nazi. Um, <laughs> yeah, I always. I, I always think it's really funny how you get kind of the first wave of um, export from Japan coming to like Europe especially um, mm-hmm. in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. and not much has changed you know like some characters are renamed because you know you can't have a, a cartoon character called Akira or uh, or like Mako-chan or something um, but then in the 80s you get like like McDonald's chicken nugget TV where they're just pulping everything and making something new.
2: Yeah. I've noticed especially that in, in Europe and like Italy that um, anime had a much bigger and much earlier um, reach in there culturally that for uh, all ages, not just kids.
0: Yeah. I mean, we might be getting more into this later, but Italians love magical girls. And I mean, that's, specifically why you get things like Winx and Witch and Angel's Friends mm-hmm. coming out of Italy mm-hmm. Thank
1: you for bringing they, up Angel's Friends because no one ever brings up Angel's Friends
0: <laughs> It's the unloved cousin
1: I love Angel's Friends Don't at me um,
2: Yeah, and uh, the the uh, merchandising in Italy is also pretty distinct from the rest of, of Europe and the rest of the world too, but that might be a little bit outside of the scope right now well, I
0: think it would maybe be fun to do a mini episode that we could release um, alongside this because like Italian licensing is an even bigger Wild West.
2: It is wild. (laughs) (laughs) And I will talk a little bit more about that um, later on, too, Uh, because like I said, in Italy, it's, it's wild and they did a lot of things that other countries didn't do. Uh, but in the United States, uh, RoboTech for girls—I think, respect to what they actually called the line—RoboTech for girls was not a success, and it didn't last past a year.
1: Oh, and they were nice dolls;
2: they were made um, confusingly by Matchbox, the you know the the small car people. And I think it's their only real foray into fashion doll territory. And they were nice dolls, you know, 12-inch scale. They had a little action feature where if you raised one arm, they turned their hands. And they had really nice, show-accurate clothing. The quality on them is really nice. If you find them today, uh, they hold up pretty well, even though they had, like, the shiny and the vinyl materials in their costumes. Really pretty dolls.
1: Didn't Matchbox do a line called Disco Girls? Uh, in the 70s? Mm Mm-hmm.
2: They may have, um... Their Matchbox doesn't exist anymore. They were absorbed by Hasbro at some point. No, Mattel. They were absorbed by Mattel. A
1: lot of those companies were.
2: Yeah, it's it's uh, kind of become a large conglomco between Hasbro and Mattel of all of the former little toy companies that are out there. I mean, even Tonka was making dolls in the 80s. So there was a lot more... Uh, variety a lot more people trying things like robotech for girls things that you just aren't going to see today
0: well i think not to be too depressing about current adult offerings but i would hazard a guess that you know that's part of the reason the uh doll industry and sort of the toy industry um at large is kind of stagnating
2: it is very monolithic right now and uh we've I mean, talked about how, that i don't more. want them to
0: think <laughs> i'm evil and not hire me
2: well, no, it's it. You have to to apply your trade, and having that strong opinion is what's gonna inspire you in the future. I think to to want to try new things
0: mm-hmm.
2: and yeah. maybe get back a little bit to that more wild west. Uh, what were they thinking when they released these these kinds of toys? That was going on
1: when you mentioned Tonka making dolls in the eighties, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. about the. Um... Oh, those Spectra clone dolls, but they were really interesting because they managed to be different than Spectra despite being clones. And and yeah. again, that was another line that I think one of the only other countries that released it was Italy. I'm pretty yeah. sure.
2: Yeah, Tonka did star fairies too, which I had when I was a little girl. They were about uh, six inch tall little fairy oh. dolls, really pretty dolls.
1: And they did those um, cupcake things too The uh, that Stephanie Eskander worked on again. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, no, I mean, they had a a pretty vibrant girls division at the time, which is a little bit surprising, because when you think of Tonka, you just think of Tonka Trucks these days, which Mm -hmm. I think is also owned by Mattel now. Hmm. I believe it is, yeah. Hmm.
1: Hmm. And it's like when you read about the fact that even Ideal Toy Corp was absorbed by Tyco, which absorbed into Mattel eventually. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like even Ideal is owned by Mattel now. The yeah. the mental
0: image it conjures up for me really is um, like little lizards like swimming around in some like prehistoric pool, and like a small one eats a smaller one, and then a medium one eats that one, and then a bigger one just gobbles <laughs> that one up
2: until there's bit. only two left. Yeah, no, that's a good
0: hang each other up.
2: Good visual. For it. <laughs> uh, but there is uh, one other company that has a really big influence in the anime doll um, industry, the, su- the well, subsection, and that's Bandai. Because Bandai are one of the top doll manufacturers in Japan, and when they decided to dip their toe into bringing dolls to America, of course, the one property that they did that with was Sailor Moon. And that was about the mid-90s right there when Sailor Moon started to air on American TV and failed. Uh, Sailor Moon was a syndicated show that showed on in my area on Fox Kids at first and then moved to an early morning weekday slot at like 7 in the morning. And for a while there, they only dubbed one and a half seasons of it. So that was all you got to watch on a loop over and over again.
0: The infamous cutoff.
2: Yes,
1: uh, I'm dropping a photo in the Discord. I'm dropping a Ooh,
2: Abba dolls
1: by Matchbox, and they are interesting looking.
2: I don't think that's the same body as the uh, the Herm- the Match uh, the Robotech dolls, but I'm not sure.
1: I'm gonna guess that they're nine inch scale, just because that's what they're. Um... Disco girls were, I think.
0: Well, the Abba dolls look pretty stumpy.
1: They
2: did. It is the same box design as the Robotech I mean, dolls, though. That yeah. five that five panel box design was really big until the mid eighties when people cut it out because you got more damages on your packaging with that.
1: And shelf space also, it took mm-hmm. up more shelf space than needed to.
2: Yeah. Hmm. But in the mid-90s, when Sailor Moon came out, the Bandai decided not to import their Japanese uh, dolls for some reason. They decided to make brand new dolls that were aimed at the American public, which was a set of 12-inch dolls and a set of 6-inch action figure-sized dolls. And I, in high school, just adored these things. I didn't even know there were dolls in Japan. But I walked to Target every day and saved up my money to get all of these little Sailor Moon dolls. I thought they were wee and just adorable. And yes, I know, they had no noses. And they didn't really look much like the models on TV, but I really enjoyed them.
1: They are a lot of fun. I have the privilege of having a couple of the Core Scouts Mm -hmm. from the Six Inch Line. And they they are just kind of, like, goofy but charming.
2: <gasps> they were. And uh, when they first came out, they didn't even bother to give the girls, like, their own shoes. They were just all wearing Sailor Moon boots in whatever color was their signature color. And they ended up revising that. So I don't know if in the production process the, like, Lita shoes were just not ready yet. So they decided to give everybody boots or what. But those early ones if you see them on on eBay or somewhere, you can tell what the very first releases were because they all have the tall boots.
1: Well, I'm thinking I must have the older ones then because I'm pretty sure I have all of the original five except Venus, and I think Mm -hmm. all of them have those high boots with the stripe at the top.
2: Yeah, those are the first release ones. And that was the same with the 12-inch dolls, too. All the first releases had um, tall boots, and then, like, a second shipment came out that had the revised boots for everyone except for Sailor Moon and Mercury, who had those tall boots as a default. Mm-hmm. And uh, the early Bondi dolls were nice. They were they were a really solid doll. They had um, swivel heads, I, I mean, um, ball-jointed heads and ball-jointed shoulders. And the click knees, everything had click knees back then, and they were clearance out of the stores within six months.
1: Oh, that's too bad.
2: Yeah, it it really was because, like at the time, um, I could count the number of anime shows that you could consume on TV. On one hand, there was Sailor Moon. There was Dragon Ball. There was Dragon Ball Z. They were considered two separate shows. Uh, Techno Man, which was a regionalized version of Tekkaman. And what was the fifth one? Ronin Warriors, which was another regionalized show. Those were the five shows that you could watch.
1: Never watched Ronin Warriors, but I have heard legends of its dub.
0: (laughs) Yeah, isn't it supposed to be like Speed Racer levels of bad?
2: Well, uh, to be fair, most of the dubs at the time were.
1: (laughs) I have sat through Space Warriors Battle for Earth Station S1 multiple times, so I do not judge dubs harshly i think they are a lot of fun
2: (laughs) you know and i do too and it's really an interesting swing culturally from like the 80s like i said when you had your anime salad of your chopped up shows where all of the characters are renamed you've got your rick hunter as your head of robotech and these days um any kind of regionalization some people will say that's censorship of the original animes so it's it's pretty crazy how different it's become in you know three decades since then.
0: Well, I think people really do want to consume the media in its kind of rawest formats. Going back to Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. you've got all of the insane edits and in some cases actual censorship going on with the original Deke dub, and then you've got people on Angel Fire and early internet sites. Frantically sharing Mm -hmm. stuff from Japan and being like, Uh, Oh wow, have you heard about this? It's completely different. This is the true version of it. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Oh, yeah, that was how. Oh,
1: go ahead. I have to admit, every time I talk about Clash and video from Jem being my favorite cousins, I always worry that people unfamiliar with Jem will think that I'm talking about (laughs) them being lesbians (laughs) or something. I'm always oh, no. like, oh, look at my cousins. The and cousins. I have them both together. And it's like, they are not gay. They literally they are, are cousins. They cousins. <laughs> I think if you
2: were to view animations of them being cousins side by side with Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune being cousins side by side, you would notice the difference.
0: Well, video and Clash don't get watercolor close up, and that's how you can tell.
1: The word cousins to me just, like, triggers. Oh, so they're lesbians then.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of strange things like that happened. There was um, a lot of gender swapping in Technoman, too, if I recall. They took one of the more effeminate male characters and just made it a girl. Because uh, that's what you did back then with your your salad. Well, it's double
0: you got. You get another token girl character, and you get rid of the evil, effeminate guy. Yeah,
1: there you go. Everything's can't fixed. can't huh? have long hair.
0: <laughs> well, and long hair, obviously, because um, as we'll probably get into later with Sailor Moon dolls, a doll has to have long hair.
1: Long, luxurious hair. Has to be brushable. Gotta have that hair
2: play, to quote Hair Joe. play
0: is essential.
2: And it's funny about the Sailor Moon dolls, and the, the anime, I guess, in general, is that it was... At start, uh, an abysmal failure in the United States, but it ended up doing really well in Canada, where the dolls, which were uh, of a lower quality level than the ones that Bandai released here, they were released by Irwin in Canada, Irwin Toys. And uh, they endured. They had multiple waves past the Bandai dolls, including um, delving further into the the Outer Scouts and the later seasons that ended up being dubbed and shown on Canadian TV before they made it back here in America on Cartoon Network.
1: Isn't that why some of the early merchandising and toys have dub names for the later characters that were different than their actual dub names?
2: Uh, yeah, they... um. The it's really confusing, but the stuff that Irwin Canada released was made for both that first and second wave of Sailor Moon dubbing that was done before Cartoon Network's Toonami paid for the additional dubbing, which shows its own names for characters like Sailor Uranus, Sailor Neptune and Sailor Pluto that the toy company in Canada had not previously adopted. (laughs) So these characters have multiple names in English for that reason.
0: Trista. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's interesting you bring up the Irwin dolls, Mm -hmm. because I often see people um, pointing at their faces and be like, oh, I hate them. But to me, when I look at the faces, it's a really obvious example of them being given a low-quality Um, like screen cap to work from for their face deco, because the paint completely omits the black pupil from the eye. They've got no black. And I mean, Sailor Moon eyes are mainly black.
2: Those are are the later dolls. Actually, those were after the, the there's two different, three, three different eras of Sailor Moon dolls in North America. The first wave is the Bandai wave. And then the second era is the Irwin era, which was almost exclusively available in Canada. And all of those look more like the early dolls with the no nose, no defined lip area. Um, You can always tell an Irwin Sailor Mercury from a Bondi Sailor Mercury because the Irwin Sailor Mercurys had no blue in their hair. They just had all black hair. And um the early Bandai, I'm sorry, the early Irwin 12-inch dolls were an inferior doll too. They didn't have um ball-jointed heads. They didn't have ball-jointed shoulders. So they were all in all just a lower quality. In fact, the heads, if you compare them side by side, they look narrower, and I'm wondering if they were Um, like a copy of a copy, or if they had made their own mold just as a similar kind of knockoff of the Bandai America mold. But if you have the two dolls next to each other, it's very easy to tell them apart. And the ones that you're talking about, yeah, the ones that you're talking about with the no blacks in the eyes, those are the third wave of Irwin dolls, which were released in the U.S. and Canada, And those were made Ah. in response to uh, the further dubbing of Sailor Moon on Cartoon Network. And those were the, the last line of dolls that were made.
0: Ah, so they were made to tie in with the Lost episodes. Yes.
2: And that's where you get like the really rare Sailor Saturn doll or the Super Sailor Moon dolls, things like that, at the very end of the line.
1: This might be a controversial opinion, but I really like their deco because I think it's adorable and it very much has the spirit of what the character designs are, even if it isn't like an exact copy of what they look like.
2: Mm -hmm. And they, the, the Irwin dolls in comparison to American Bandai and Japanese Bandai made dozens more characters than anywhere else in the world. Um, I mean, they had villain dolls, they had male villain dolls, they had, um, just a large variety of dolls the sailors in their regular outfits in their super outfits metallic variants Uh, some of the dolls came packaged with additional outfits that even showed up in the show even if they didn't come with the right character so they ended up making a pretty robust line of sailor moon dolls arguably the most robust line in the world
0: oh i really like that i mean to me dolls need extra clothes otherwise i don't like them
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and same that's one of the things about anime dolls, I think, is that they kind of, because they started becoming more popular in the 90s, they fall into that gap of being more character oriented than fashion doll oriented. You see more of that, the Batmanning of fashion dolls that are, a, that are based on licensed properties where they're less about the fashion play and more about collecting all of the characters
0: strange how that mirrors stuff that would happen like 15
1: years mm-hmm. later yeah it just keeps yeah, happening sort of what the industry has become
2: mm-hmm.
1: no fashion packs
2: yeah that's kind of where we're at right now and very 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 heavily focused on collecting them all
1: yeah if sailor moon was like a 60s property you know you'd get like one base doll with like wigs and different outfits to be the different characters or something. Oh yeah, and it's
2: not like the show had any shortage of outfits for them to wear. My goodness. Every season they got their upgrades.
0: Yeah, well that's the interesting thing. It's like the gem thing. The as-told-by-Ginger thing. Like, they get new clothes every few episodes mm-hmm. and they're always great looking outfits. I, I'm i not shocked Erwin was like, let's make these fashions and sell them. I'm just shocked they didn't like flood the market with fashion packs based on every outfit.
2: Yeah, no, there was no... You know, even in Japan, there were not as many Sailor Moon fashion packs as you would think. Um, all of the girls, I think, got fashion packs of their school uniforms, and there were um, versions of the dolls that came in... In civilian attire, but there's not really a lot of actual fashion packs. I think they sold the upgraded like super outfits in fashion packs as well as on dolls at one point too. So it just like that mode of play was just just not very deep into the the Sailor Moon doll offerings.
1: Which is a shame because the outfits in the show are always adorable.
2: Oh yeah. I mean it's just pure early 90s fashion, undistilled really fantastic
1: stuff part of the 90s the pastel part of the 90s Mm
2: -hmm. yeah no definitely but with when when Sailor Moon started to gain that that foothold and that success thanks to Toonami on Cartoon Network uh, a lot of other anime did too and we started to see a real increase in anime in the United States mostly um, because it was more accessible because of like Toonami Cartoon Network DVDs instead of VHSs, Uh, the prices on these things started to fall. You were a little too early to start downloading and streaming anime, but it was definitely becoming more popular. Um, I think the biggest thing that increased anime's influence and popularity in the United States is probably Pokemon,
0: just to go back to the uh, Irwin dolls mm-hmm. quickly before we move on mm-hmm. too much mm-hmm. um something which i do just want to talk about is i really like how they managed to translate the cartoon designs into something really toy attic because they picked really exciting fabrics um you know they weren't just like oh she's got a blue skirt blue fabric they were like no let's get a glittery blue mm-hmm. fabric and then like a really bright yellow like satin for the bow and like you were saying, with the uh, dolls of some more obscure characters, it's making the most of the fact that all of the characters basically share the same face. Yeah. You know, you've got the sculpts, they're just adding new deco and new hair colour, and sometimes reusing the clothing pattern in a different fabric, and you've got an entirely new doll.
2: Yeah, a brand new character. The In about 1997, 98... Um, the, the Canada exclusive dolls, I ended up finding them at the mall of America. I live in Minnesota, which is pretty close to Canada. And there was a a nerd store in the mall of America. And I remember going in one day and seeing these dolls and those are sailor moon dolls, but they're not the ones that I had at home. And I went a little bit crazy. I started buying all of the dolls and going in there every month to see if they would get in new dolls and, um, just. Absolutely enjoyed the heck out of them. Uh, Emerald, I think, was my favorite character. This is a doll of a villain, and she's wearing this short little dark green dress, and she's got just unbelievably long, bright green hair, neon green, down to, like, her ankles. Just a fabulous doll.
1: Is that the dub name or for Esmeralda, or is that her I original think, name? Yeah, I think That's that the dub, the
2: dub names, they just named them after the gems, so her doll is just called Emerald. But it may have been Emerod or Emerodo in the original. I don't know. I never...
1: I've heard her referred to as Esmerod That could be a it, lot. yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, Quite often I it's see Esmerod. kind of up themselves um, Sailor Moon fans be like, mm-hmm. oh no, Prince Demand's name is Demand because it's French as... It's French for to ask. And I'm like, mm, no, it's not. It's just a weird way of saying Diamond like esmerald is emerald and rubus is ruby
2: <laughs> rubius yeah And I'm, I'm if i talk about these i'm probably gonna use the dub names because those are the names i know and i don't remember the uh yeah. the, the japanese names in a lot of the cases
1: well, gonna be real like my time with sailor moon has been in the present day i just got into it like a couple mm-hmm. years ago with the uh, the redub and so for me i'm exposed to a real mix of the names and i'm not sure which name comes from which dub i just know that yeah well my experience has been very mixed and
2: that's one of the things we'll get into a little bit later is the the very strange status of sailor moon's merchandise in the western countries
0: and the, the release of the anime, too. You know, it's not commercially available in the UK.
1: VPN, my friend.
0: Or in Canada, for that matter.
2: And it is strange, because I I can only presume that Sailor Moon was really popular in Canada in the mid to late 90s, because they were the ones that, that kept making dolls and releasing them during that time when there was just none of that available in the United States. And you had to get it through through imports and crazy stores at the Mall of America, like I did.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like growing up, I hadn't really been exposed to the concept of anime. But I had a friend that had do re dolls. And that's something where as an adult, and I know that those were not really available mm-hmm. normally in the U.S. when we were kids... And now that I recognize like what those were, I'm like, how did she have those? And she had, she had tons of magical girl toys. Now that I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, geez, her family didn't have money. How did <laughs> yeah, they have
2: those? That's crazy. Yeah, really. After Sailor Moon, the only other magical girl doll I can think that was produced for an American audience was uh, Card Captors or Card Captor Sakura, as it was called properly in Japan, and that was a Bandai doll. And they, they basically imported their designs that time. The the dolls in the United States were almost identical to the ones that were available in Japan, except that the United States got more variations of Cardcaptor Sakura than Japan did, which was kind of surprising, considering the show was also a little bit of a failure here. It was one of those ones that was very, very intensely edited to try to turn a shujo clamp anime into a boys action show.
0: Very much a case of uh, the Robotech when they were trying for the appeal to boys and girls. Like, don't worry, boys, there's a main character who's a boy <laughs> just like you. And they cut like the first like 10 episodes or whatever and were like, okay, let's go from when he's introduced. yeah.
2: They cut out as much of the cut out as much of the yeah. gay as they could from that show too, which it being a clamp anime must have been a lot of work.
1: <laughs> Best friends and cousins.
0: <laughs> Best friends. <laughs> well, I think it's funny because Cardcaptor Sakura is 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 like a prime example of a cousin and a lesbian. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> it's very strange yeah. the way that show ended up, and even
1: well, it's such a toyetic show with mm-hmm. the outfits being such a main like appeal of reading the comics as a kid. It's like she gets a new outfit every time, and they're yeah. always adorable.
2: And the the and dolls thematic. outfits were really nice. Um, they were about six or seven inch tall dolls, and they were those like they had wired bodies. They were. Um, a line that had other anime properties in it that Bandai made in Japan uh, Petit Chara Petit Cara dolls I think is what they were called Petit Chara this is my problem with things that I've only ever read and never heard the names of out loud <laughs> but they were
0: mm, as is the issue with reading about Japanese media and yeah, toys but, on the internet um,
2: the line had other dolls in it in Japan like Kamikaze Kaito-jan and when they brought the card captors dolls over to America, they were of, of real close quality to the ones they had in Japan, which was really surprising to me. But those were nice dolls. If you check those out on eBay today, they you can get them for a pretty decent price and they're really nice, very cute little dolls.
0: When you say the and uh you- bendy bodies, do you mean the ones like uh Lika chan and Takara um, Jenny house? If that
2: means that they have wired limbs, then yes.
0: Mm. I love um dolls yeah. with like internal wire.
1: This question is, is this uh like a rock flowers gumby situation or is this joint? Uh, gumby and wired? situation.
2: They were I think that um okay. Chan had her own anime and that she had dolls that had plastic hair and I believe they used similar bodies to this. Where like the entire body is one piece of, of plastic and the limbs are wired so that they can kind of bend and pose. So, it,
1: I think, wouldn't that be around the time I think there was those um, mini Jenny dolls coming out too that I think were I somewhat think similar? I think so,
2: yes. And didn't most Jenny dolls have wired legs anyway? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes, and wired arms, but they had jointed mm-hmm. hips and shoulders. Yeah, the Sakura still. dolls so Yeah, they, they've got
0: they, a really interesting the Sakura construction. Sakura dolls did
1: not have that. They did do like a solid body, wired body, Jenny in the two thousands, and those are very strange.
2: Yeah, that reminds like me of those um, all wired body Barbies that were made for the superhero dolls. They were just, they were very strange mm. concept, and they hadn't been in your hand like this is a heavy doll, but this is a giant Gumby Barbie.
0: <laughs> but they use the same body and play line for like things like mm-hmm. dance and flex. And oh, and some cheerleading dolls too, actually. And now I'm thinking about it. And I like it, it's fun, but oh my god, it's mm-hmm. painful to dress.
1: It was a mistake when they did it in 1971 with rock flowers, and it was a mistake in 2000.
2: Yeah, wired dolls are never going to age super well.
1: I have been murdered by so many breaking down rock flowers with snapped internal limbs. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I think the snapping is the main problem but I do like with dolls like Jenny where she's got a uh, sort of standard twist and turn waist and then she's got the the wide bendable limbs and I think having a doll with bendy limbs especially for a child now would have such novelty considering um, the abundance of completely static dolls on mm-hmm. the market at the moment Well, I
2: think that the, the, the idea behind it in the card captors line and even in the Barbie line when they did it in the early 2000s was that um, no joints meant that you get a more heroic pose and it doesn't it really at your elbows and the knees you just end up looking kind of like a gumby
0: yeah like that scene in harry potter where his bones get vanished
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah my one jenny that i have that's has the weird one piece non-jointed body is Luckily, one of the kimono dolls, so she just sort of stands looking nice in her kimono, and you don't have to look at her shoulders Mm -hmm. or anything. And I think that's the only reason that I like that doll, is because I don't have to look at her weird (laughs) shoulders.
2: You know, it's interesting that we were talking about Italy before. Um, In Italy, the Card Captors Sakura doll, was it just a 12-inch Barbie-sized doll? She didn't have that problem at all.
1: I'm trying to think of Sakura as a character being the same height as an adult. And oh it's yeah, it me. is kind
2: of weird.
0: <laughs> well, it's like the Cindy and liquor problem where all of the furniture is scaled to the ostensible preteen character. But with liquor, it gets weird because she's got parent dolls who don't fit in her kitchen or her <laughs> car.
1: It's okay, she just drives like a smart yeah, car. Yeah, there you go. Fine. It's her pedal car. It's her pedal car.
0: <laughs> well, I think this might be an interesting place in the podcast to talk about how Japan is one of the only places to have a very like domestically focused doll industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, Japan is a huge toy industry that is designed in Japan and made yes. for a Japanese market, and I always think that's so interesting, especially because it really does cater to japanese tastes and i think with liquor like the average doll works out at being like 25 dollars and again i think it's really interesting that japanese parents don't have an issue with
1: doing yeah that. it
2: is a very very um, self-contained and kind of insular toy actually all of their manufacturing is very insular there in my in my day life i work a job in manufacturing I build equipment for museums and for art conservation. And um, I can tell you that the cost of imports in J- into Japan, they're, they're tariffed and taxed very, very high. And that is because they want to encourage um, that kind of insularity that that uh, business and manufacturing stays in Japan for Japan. So it is kind of hard for for outside interests to to get leeway there. And that reflects a lot in their toy industry.
0: Well, the thing is, liquor is often made domestically as well. So there's also the kind of guarantee of a certain level of quality. That's something I always think about with England specifically, because, I mean, I'm sure the listeners can guess from my accent, but I am English. And I always think it's so strange how England and Japan are both very comparable in size history and in quite a lot of ways culture as well but japan's toy industry and especially their doll industry is completely tailored like we were saying it's all domestically designed and often domestically produced whereas almost all of the toys in england are just imported from america and i do think a lot of that is to do with the common language
2: <laughs> it might be that it might be just because you guys have have had some pretty Bad toy manufacturers in the past. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to throw shade or anything, but I have seen what the Doctor Who figures from the eighties and the nineties looked like, and they were not good.
0: Yeah, throw that <laughs> I, shade. I don't they know deserve much about it.
2: Cindy, your your you know British sweet girl that uh, kind of rules. your well, Cindy's your industry, But I know you you desperately dislike her so.
0: <laughs> well, I don't. I don't dislike Cindy. I dislike the weird nostalgia, like the mainstream media has for Cindy. The way people talk about Cindy, it's completely detached from what Cindy actually was as a doll. I mean, original Cindy was just Tammy rebranded, and in- the way English mainstream media talks about Cindy whenever there's a Cindy relaunch, and it happens every five years or so, some new company gets a license to Cindy and then just churns out new dolls, which are normally <laughs> monstrous, and the media reports it like, Cindy's going to kill Barbie, Oh, Barbie is so, ugh Cindy's truly British, Cindy was designed for British people, by British people for British tastes, and it's like, no she wasn't, she was a bad Tammy clone, who has crazy
2: nostalgia <laughs>
1: Well, and I think the other part of why Japan has so much domestic toy industry is because, A, America imported most of their toys from Japan
2: for that's a very true. long Post-World time. world War II.
1: A lot of the 50s mm-hmm. and 60s, we outsourced our toy manufacturing to Japan, so naturally, they had the manufacturing set up to just make yep, their own no, products. That's very
2: true.
0: Makes sense. Well, going back to Liquor-chan, um, Liquor is to Japan what people in England think Cindy is to us. Like, she, I just, I think it is so interesting how Barbie catches so much flack in America and people constantly talk about her in a really negative way. She's held to such a ridiculously high standard. Lika Chan is a cultural icon. She's beloved. People don't write hate articles about her claiming she invented (laughs) anorexia.
2: Oh, gosh. (laughs) I, I that's true <sighs>
0: Well, I'm probably going to go into this more with a future episode um, with John because I know John is very interested in Takara.:
2: Oh yes yes he's he's definitely our resident expert on all things that uh, perhaps are a bit more Lickachan oriented.:
0: I am dreading talking about Dakai Chan, but anyway, back to anime here.:
1: <laughs> It has to be done. Somebody's got to do it.
0: It has to be done. <laughs>
2: yeah, after after Card Captors, um, you saw a definite drop in anime dolls in the United States, and I think that there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, the first was that Sailor Moon failed and Card Captors failed, and even though there was a growing interest in anime, um, you were seeing a lot stronger interest in um, the the boys side of things your your Gundams were starting to get really big. Toonami was importing a lot of, of boy animes next to Sailor Moon, and the other thing was the uh, the growth of the internet and uh, the ability to start buying things from overseas, to start just directly importing what you wanted to get. I remember um, when I was in high school before I had a computer, I didn't have uh, a computer internet access until I went to college. Um, I would get toy magazines every month and pour through them and look at the ads. And I remember seeing one particular toy manu- toy um, seller who was selling Magic Knight Ray Earth dolls imported from Japan. Uh, these were made by Sega as a toy manufacturer. And I thought they were the most fantastic looking dolls i had ever seen. They had bright colorful hair and really bright colorful fantasy outfits and I wanted those dolls so bad that they were far too expensive for a high schooler at the time to afford and have shipped to them and have to order them out of the back of a magazine. So one of the first things I did when I went away to college was I discovered that eBay existed and that was where all of my money went <laughs> for most of the time that I was in college.
1: See I had that phase but for me it was Dawn Dolls. <sighs>
2: mm-hmm for me it was gem oh yeah see you are my people you understand yep that's what it was i mean i discovered on ebay that you could get dolls directly from japan and it just blew my mind i got
1: i discovered you could get old things <laughs>
2: Yeah. I well the other thing I did was completely rebuy my childhood Rainbow Bright collection. So when I was in college I didn't drink, I didn't party, I, I bought toys. <laughs> that was my that was my uh my crazy times in college was being on eBay and buying toys.
0: Toys last long after the hangover is gone.
2: True. That should be on a t shirt.
1: That's a mood though. Uh, toys are an experience that have resale value, so I always tell people I don't do substances because it's like my addiction I can resell if I have to
2: Yeah, right. plastic addiction (laughs) But at that point um, people were going crazy for Gundam models and other imports and rather than make domestic versions of those things um, companies were just directly importing the Japanese versions so Uh, That was when I started to really be able to fill in the things that I wanted for my collection. The Magic Knight Ray Earth dolls, uh, Loop on the Third dolls by Medicom. I had a huge collection of those. And um, my one wish for dolls when I was younger that I always wanted, I wanted a purple haired doll. And there were no purple haired dolls that I could find that I really wanted until I went to college and found that there was really cute do-re-mi dolls those are before this is before those were even imported into the united states um and i managed to go through hobby link japan and pre-order a little purple haired doll and had to wait months for her to arrive and it was worth it when she came (laughs) because i finally had a purple haired doll
1: (laughs) those were the ones my friend had as a kid i specifically remember the yellow character mm-hmm. and the pink character and i was very confused by what they were because as i mentioned i had no concept mm-hmm. of anime existing i didn't really become cognizant of anime until probably sixth grade because i started reading back issue manga from half price ah, books
2: so right right before the big manga crash that the industry's still kind of reeling from today
1: on well, even then I got going on weird nineties stuff. Like one of my first series I ever read as a kid was Battle Angel Alita. Mm-hmm. That's a small child. I was probably in fifth grade when I read that. <laughs> yes.
0: One of your enduring passions.
1: So to me, like it was a long time before I saw like full color anime that had toys because I was reading weird cyberpunk nineties things.
0: Well, actually, Linda, maybe for listeners that aren't as well-versed in anime and manga, could you go into the manga crash a little bit?
2: Uh, I can a little bit. It's it's a little bit convoluted, but I'll, I'll do my best. And that is that after the comic book crash of the late 90s, when you got past your holofoil and your, you know, issue zeros and issue ones and super collectible comics that market got oversaturated and the comic book market kind of crashed. Uh, It's never recovered from that. But one of the things that started to outcrop out of that was the manga import market where uh, companies like Tokyo Pop and Anna Manga, I think, and a few others started to import manga and translate it and present it in a way that was closer to the original form of mangas that were made in Japan rather than the way that it had been previously presented in the United States, which was blown up to comic book size and the uh, the art flipped so that it would read from left to right instead of right to left. And that became a little bit of a boom market. Thanks in part to the growing interest in anime and Pokemon. Uh, thanks in part to it being available at places like Hot Topic rather than just comic book shops. It was in bookstores and Hot Topic. It was a lot easier to get a hold of. A um, little bit less expensive because you were getting you know, a full book-sized uh, book of manga for $10 rather than buying a single chapter of a story like you are with a comic book for $4 a comic every month and uh it became really big in the united states for a little while and um after a while though the manga market started to peter out it dropped in in um proliferation the everything started going online and there has been kind of a bust to that i don't think tokyo pop even exists anymore technically
0: no it died <laughs>
2: Yeah. So the the anime slash manga interest has changed as the way to consume the media has changed. Um, now you're going to do a lot of your reading on it online rather than buying actual books. I mean, if you're buying manga, they take up a lot of space after a while. If you've got hundreds and hundreds of volumes of it. Whereas you could just read your scanlations online and not have anything to worry about storing.
1: There was a really weird it was a licensed X-Men manga that retold the story of the X-Men school as a harem <laughs> manga. Yes. But yep.
2: That's a thing that Marvel decided to
1: do. <laughs> The second volume specifically never came out because the first volume, while it was very successful and popular, it was so heavily pirated, it didn't make enough money to pay for the second volume that to come out. doesn't surprise me. So that's a series that specifically died because of the mm-hmm. scanlation market.
2: And, yeah, that's um, really impacted, I think, the way that people consume manga and anime. And it probably has changed the way that they collect toys for it too you know you may be less likely to pick up something if you've sat down and binged all 100 volumes and decided ah this isn't really for me or um if you uh
0: Versus when you're trapped in the hysteria of reading it and considering yourself a yeah. huge fan, and you just need the merchandise yeah, it's, it's, to justify it.
2: You're not quite an anime fan for the prestige of being an anime fan anymore, I guess. <laughs> if that was ever a thing.
0: No, <laughs> your merch don't get you in no clout now.
2: Yeah, and so um, there really isn't a lot of pure anime doll out there right now. I think that the closest thing I could point to that's currently-ish in stores would be Miraculous Ladybug. Is it? Is that what it's called? Miraculous Ladybug? Ladybird?
1: Yes, it's Ladybug.
2: Ladybug, okay. And um, because that is a Bandai joint venture with between Japan and France, I believe?
0: Mm-hmm. I believe Korea is involved as well.
2: Korea, yeah. I I don't follow it, unfortunately, but it is uh, a Bandai. Bandai did make dolls for it that were available at least up to a couple of years ago in stores.
0: I I believe merchandise for it is still coming out because the series is still ongoing on, Mm. I think, Netflix. One thing which I think you might find interesting is... I
1: just looked it up. So it is a co-production by Zagtoon, Method Animation, and Toei. Uh,
2: Toei is owned by Bandai, so yeah. Well,
0: the pilot episode was traditionally animated anime.
2: Yeah, I heard that, and then they ended up. A lot of people more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they CGI. switched to CGI because that probably seemed more um, uh, economical. Interna- international.
1: Um, well, and I think uh, some of the character names changed as well. So.
0: Well, not just names. The uh, characters were kind of replaced. The the love interest was replaced entirely.
1: Yeah, wasn't he Felix originally? I believe he was much more of a cool guy with a, you know, very aloof, sophisticated type.
0: Hmm. Yeah, his personality was very like formal and serious. And then they replaced him with kind of like a lovable, uh, fun guy.
2: <laughs> ah, okay. So he got Ron Stoppable. Generic
1: nice guy uh yes except he's cool instead of a dork so he's like ron stoppable if ron stoppable were also a fashion model. with an
0: evil dad <laughs> oh sorry spoilers for people that watch that show i guess oh
2: oh no yeah <laughs> but
1: it's very obvious though
2: the dolls are very cute though um i will give them that they they seem like nice dolls i don't i don't own any of those unfortunately
1: and the action figures are pretty cute too cuz mm-hmm. um quick note i am not only a doll person but also an action figure person so i have opinions on both
2: ew
1: <gasps>
2: <laughs> shocked gasp
1: <laughs> hey i grew up a star wars nerd and star wars dolls were not an accessible thing
2: they were not always a thing that's true We'll have to talk about Star Wars dolls sometime.
0: Well, even accessible and recent Star Wars dolls are monstrosities.
2: Oh, yes. We'll definitely have to talk about that sometime.
1: I do own one of the Leia ones, though, because I had to. Me too.
2: Leia Solidarity. <laughs>
1: it's Leia. <laughs> okay, the problem with doing a Star Wars doll line is the fact that every single character is a white brunette lady. Well, yeah. speaking of Star
0: Wars dolls... um, Mm-hmm. I know we try not to talk too much about current things in the mainline episodes, but the other day it was brought to my attention that somebody has been spamming Reddit threads related to Barbie with questions about how to rebody one of the collector's Star Wars dolls that are like a hundred bucks for their child to play with, and people mm. have been saying, "Please don't rebody it because that doll is a hundred bucks and its outfit will be torn to pieces." Oh my gosh way too delicate for a child to play kid, with, guess. like roughly <laughs> especially a child that is insistent that the body be changed to a pivotal silkstone body fragile yeah well my um my um bullshit filter was going off and I did have a sneaking suspicion it was a young teenager maybe posing as a parent claiming it was for a child when it was actually something they wanted to do but i don't know i do not know
2: It's me and my many children who also love Star Wars dolls.
0: (laughs) Hey, that's how Star Wars fans reproduce. They indoctrinate their children.
1: (laughs) That reminds me of this one time I was, I had this friend in college who was a guy, actually we're still friends, but uh, by rambling about my doll interest, He decided he was going to go out and buy a made-to-move Barbie. And I remember him texting me all throughout. He was trying to figure out how to go about buying one as, like, a straight dude. And it was like, dude, don't worry about this. So what if you're a man in your 20s? Just buy the doll because being weird about it draws so much more attention to you.
2: It makes it so much weirder. <laughs> it's
1: like, like I work a retail yeah, job, and when people just... feel that they have to explain their purchase to me, it makes them so much more suspicious to me. Yes, it's like I don't care why you're buying this; just just, just buy it and to leave, it so I don't up.
0: have to talk to you anymore.
1: Hmm.
2: The, the clearly made-up excuse? <laughs> yes, I need this. It's made to move Barbie for my my niece. Who lives in Canada? She's turning six up in Canada.
1: (laughs) I've worked retail and trying to come up with a reason that you're buying the thing that you're buying just draws so much more attention to what you're buying and it makes it so much weirder. Like, I don't care why you're buying the thing, just buy it and I don't even notice really. (laughs)
2: yeah that's not gonna go past your short-term memory (laughs) yeah i think
0: when people are in shops slash in consume mode i don't think they really comprehend that for you you are in that shop once and you will remember that interaction for the person behind the counter they are in that shop all day and they will not remember that encounter Mm -hmm.
1: like i ring up things for random people all day i sometimes hear really weird rambling explanations for them buying it and I'm just like that's nice I'm more likely to remember you now
2: Mm -hmm. so I have a question for you guys we've talked a little bit about Mm -hmm. anime dolls here you guys have any anime dolls I mean I know Emma Kate said that she had the, the little Sailor Moons from the 90s
0: I have two 90s Sailor Moon dolls that in fact you gifted me
2: that's true <laughs> i think i sent you my uh 12 inch bandai sailor venus something that i bought from the store back in the 90s and i don't remember what else i sent you
0: you sent me one of the bandai japanese sailor uranus pocket oh, dolls Oh
2: yes that's right um, the dream who pocket. is so pretty so, yeah the, the the bandai dream pocket dolls little six inch dolls that came in a little vinyl pocket that was like a purse Are really cute dolls. They're extremely nice. You can carry them
0: around with you. It's so toyatic.
2: Yeah, I have the Sailor Moon. You also sent me.
0: You also sent me one of the, um, I believe, first wave Irwin mini Sailor Moon dolls in her Princess Serenity dress. Oh,
2: yep. I think that's the Irwin version. Does she have like kind of a lacy thing on top of the uh, the outfit? Yeah. yeah, that's the...
0: Whose necklace I immediately destroyed because the elastic had degraded in, in <laughs> it and I uh, was, was trying to take it off and it just went all slack and floppy. Like they
2: decided just to put a pearl necklace in her hair to count for the pearls.
0: Yeah, I love it yeah. though. It's, it's, it's translating really the design to a toy.
2: It is. It's a real. They, like I said, they had some really charming dolls that they didn't really make anywhere else in the world. And especially it was uh, noticeable that they... They made them in both the small and the large versions, all of these characters. So you could get Emerald, Emerald, Esmeralda, Green-Haired Girl in a 6-inch doll and a 12-inch doll, even though she was a villain. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't see that in a lot of other properties where you're going to get that much variety. I mean, in Japan, they never made they only made four villain dolls, and that was at the very end of the line
0: if you're playing with Sailor Moon dolls, you kind of need the villain so you can act out the show. Mm-hmm. I think that, that that's really interesting, because coming at things from a toy design perspective, my immediate reaction would always be, who are they going to fight?
1: Mm-hmm. Cobra. Like,
0: if you're you're <laughs> making a cartoon. You have a bad guy. Like Every wave of the doll should have that bad guy in it. I mean, that's the whole point. Sailor Moon... Is sold almost exclusively in her battle outfit. Mm-hmm. Who is she fighting? Who who is she? Is she fighting Sailor Mercury? Is, are they are they are they firing Moon Tiara action and Mercury Aqua Rhapsody? I know they're not from the same season. Do not send me messages <laughs> at each other. No, you need you need Beryl to blow up. You need Jedi sexy. You need a sexy shoe lady to blow up. You need a sexy fruit lady to blow up.
1: <laughs> sexy motorcycle lady. Yeah, there sexy you go. There, was, there were
2: sure a lot of sexy insert now and here characters <laughs> in the bad guy side wow. of Sailor Moon, weren't there? there like, you could really just were. be yeah, well, sitting you in your, your room and be like hmm, I think I'm going to make a sexy blanket lady for the gals to fight tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's oh, the Beach no.
1: Ball family, or like whatever those were. Oh, yes. Very.
0: <laughs> mm, Proto deviant art. Anyway, <laughs> um, steering back oh, into safe and... waters.
1: Okay, I do have one anime doll. I have one mm. anime doll that is on my grail list, and that is the Likachan Tokyo Mew Mew doll. And oh, I well, those are so cute. I wish they had done the other characters too, but Ishiko is good enough. I am a Zakuro fan, so I would love a Zakuro or a Mint because they are not cousins.
0: <laughs> I think when you get a Lickchan anime doll, um you're immediately guaranteed not only a level of quality but also a level of pleasurable stylization mm-hmm. because they're not making like a they're not trying to force like a weird pointy hairstyle into a doll they're like this is our doll base how can we make it vaguely like that character
2: i've been looking up anime dolls just kind of in preparation for this and i'll say that i think some of the Precure cure dolls those are cute too
1: Oh, Precure
2: is...
0: Precure is a merchandise
2: monster. It's something I really know nothing about, but the dolls do look really cute.
1: The thing with Precure is every season of the show is like its own new cast of characters in their own new story. It's mm-hmm.
0: it's like Amer- American Horror
2: Story. Mm-hmm. Or
1: like a Sentai show, or like Power Rangers, the real one though, the Japanese version.
2: Right. Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. Before Heim
0: Saban was like, Children liked Go Lion. Maybe I can do something with this.
2: Yeah, and then he did.
0: And then Disney bought it and ran it into the ground, and then he bought it back from them <laughs> for a fraction of the price that they paid him.
2: Business. Lucky him. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. He's
0: really into politics now.
2: Oh, good. I don't want to know anything about it. <laughs> no,
0: not like American politics. Oh. Um, For Israel, he's one of the leading people uh, doing fundraising and that sort of thing. He's really involved in the Israeli political scene and owns a monstrous skyscraper in LA that's like his supervillain layer. <laughs> that's
2: wild. <laughs> well, we could talk a little bit about uh, Haim Saban's Sailor Moon if you wanted to. Just imagine oh. if that got dolls. I don't.
1: I don't think it actually was Saban, was
2: it? It, it, uh, Saban's Sailor Moon. It was mm-hmm. Sailor Moon, and actually, some of it did make it into the toy line. Believe it or not. Well, I was the saying, like, I, isn't
1: it misattributed to Saban? I
2: don't believe it's a misattribution. I'd have to poke around a little bit but i mean they found the um the test reels for it and but animation yeah. cells from it and they found um, them in with uh other saban cells so
0: i believe it was a co-production between saban and Toonmakers, yeah, toon makers yeah with toon makers handling the animated portions
2: but yeah that just kind of goes back to our talking about the anime cell and how they the producers in the the 80s and 90s wanted so badly to localize that stuff for Western audiences. Well, I mean, not to get into a heavy subject matter, but they
0: were obviously keenly aware that to a Western audience, the characters are all pale skinned and have light eye colors and mostly light hair colors. And I mean, you wouldn't really get another doll brand, especially nowadays, where you've got two central characters who are blonde girls with blue eyes and then you've got a couple of other blue-eyed girls and you know no girls of color and whoever was in charge of localizing Sailor Moon in the 90s was obviously preempting that and saying well this could be a problem and we should do something and you ended up with the very 90s we've got the every race covered and then you Mm -hmm. have one other white character and we'll put her in a wheelchair for extra representation yeah
2: it was very much a Power Rangers approach to things there and I
1: mean that. In I think
0: it's really mean-spirited that people deride it so much.
2: Mm-hmm. I,
1: think, I think. it definitely. We would live in a different world if that had been the Sailor Moon we got. But I different think it was still sure. a fun show. It still would have been a fun. I just show. think.
0: Exactly, it would have been fun, and I just think it's weird how a lot of Sailor Moon fans, which are kind of like purists. Mm-hmm are so hateful towards it and they're like oh this is garbage and i'm like oh it's not really it was a company saying how can we tailor this to our audience i think
2: that and uh, i mean just looking at it historically it it very much reflects the attitudes of the times which was what power rangers and that kind of localization came out of and without that exactly would there be power rangers fans today Uh, i don't know
0: and the thing is, it wasn't even they were being cheap or something. I mean, them ending up just dubbing the anime was was a financial decision. Yes. So, you know, they they would have been more effort for them to tailor-make something for the audience. Yeah,
2: and it may have been just and, as likely to fail the way that Sailor Moon did.
0: Well, something else I find interesting is um, it was found recently, there was another pilot for a very similar uh, concept show called Team Angel, mm-hmm. which is going to be produced by Bandai America. Mm-hmm. And that obviously was never made because you know, we don't have we don't We're have doing a people with heaps of nostalgia Team for Angel. <laughs> Team Angel. No, this isn't Team Angel, um, talking Team Angel. Um, but people are really hateful about that and they're like, oh, this is just a Sailor Moon knockoff, and I'm like, well, it's not really, it's just like a fun like girls take on power rangers because obviously the company was saying power rangers sell well and they were thinking well how can we merchandise this in a way that will appeal to girls
2: Mm -hmm. well that's that seems to be the the eternal struggle is how can they take these things that are um of interest to one section of the consumer base and increase that interest so that you get you know more fans and more people buying the merchandise And it's still being struggled with today when you have things like Star Wars and Star Wars for girls and one of those things just fails to launch.
0: Unless it's superhero toys, in which case girls buying the toys are cannibalizing sales from girls' toys and they have to cancel whatever TV show those action figures are (laughs) from immediately.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's that's a whole other conversation to have. How dare girls like stuff with superheroes in it? That was a real weird time in the early 2000s, man.
0: It's just crazy you still like it after that many reprogramming sessions with the secret police from DC and Marvel. Mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Little teaser for the next time we sit down and talk, I think.
1: Tokyo Mew Mew was my childhood anime. I'm so sad there was never dolls in the West for it.
0: Well, you don't get toys of that because Card Captor didn't sell. And yep. <laughs> that's how girls' properties work. One fails and they're all scrapped.
2: Yeah, Damn you, well, Captors!
1: Four kids. I blame four kids for renaming the main character Zoe. That is obviously the only problem with why it didn't get toys
0: such an American <laughs> name
1: all of the characters got very American names well I, I mean
2: what you did end up getting instead were dolls of things like Winks and Witch and uh, you know the Tinkerbell dolls there were, there were dolls that were kind of spiritually related to Sailor Moon well, but weren't necessarily animated anime
1: I should note i I wasn't allowed to watch Witch because it was called Witch.
2: Ah, yes, that would be tough to get around, I suppose.
0: <laughs> goddamn American Christians and that goddamn American Christian TV censorship.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's okay. I got to read "Battling Alita, though, which you know, very graphic. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean that's that's clearly better for you. I also got
1: to read Ranma One Half, which has so many uncensored boobs in it.
2: <laughs> oh my god, Ranma Half has definitely not aged well.
1: <laughs> I love it dearly, though.
2: Yes, it's a sentimental. I it's
1: it was one of those
2: one of those early anime that made it over here in a fairly intact form in VHS form and. It uh, it may not have aged well, but it's definitely historically significant.
0: Well, I, I love the, the art manga,
1: style for it, you know. The manga's a lot yeah. better than the anime, in my opinion, mostly because it has more of a solid storyline.
2: Boobs, more boobs.
0: Well, the manga's <laughs> written by a woman, right? And wasn't yes. the anime produced by, like, horny men?
2: I don't know.
0: I mean, I would assume so. Almost anime is were they horny while they were making the anime?
2: We would have to research that. I think
1: (laughs) that's uh, that's for our anime side project (coughs) podcast spinoff. We'll have to do where we just (laughs) talk about talking. Were they horny?
0: (laughs) No, no. It's just me talking about
1: how much I love Ranma and never get to talk about it.
0: (laughs) I listen to talk about it quite a lot.
1: Uh, that's true you're like the only person who does though
0: <laughs> anyway <laughs> i do think it is interesting that we didn't really end up talking about witch or winks because we kind of spoke around them oh, when we yeah, were we like
2: skipped talking about oh uh, yeah been italy, italy
0: Italy gets weird imports oh italy loves magical girls well, italy
2: italy oh. loves loves magical girls but they don't get imports and that's the weird thing Italy post-World War II put such high tariffs on imports that it was often cheaper for them to just buy the licenses and produce anything that they wanted to produce for it in the country. So when you look at the dolls of Sailor Moon, Sakura, the Slayers, and other anime properties in Italy, they're usually very distinct from stuff that's offered in the rest of the world.
1: Italy also has had just some really interesting fashion dolls in general, mm-hmm. so we might have to do an episode specifically covering Italian fashion dolls.
0: Well, I think Quality, we will. Not great, and, but... well, sometimes, mm. but I mean, this isn't super. I mean, this isn't I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this. Um, I mean, this isn't a. Uh, primarily a doll property, but something I think related to the boom in anime in the uh, around the turn of the millennium and uh, girls' properties is uh, Totally Spies.
2: Oh, you wanted to find a reason to talk about Totally Spies.
0: I'm, well, (laughs) I have reason to, because Italy got exclusive Totally Spies dolls that nowhere else got, which were Mm -hmm. pretty standard, like, fashion doll, like, Mm -hmm. Eleven inch, and almost every other country got very Bratz influenced, dolls.
2: Well, I would I would note that that seems to be the case for everything in Italy. Like I said earlier, their Cardcaptor Sakura doll is is also a twelve inch doll, and their Slayers dolls, which is not a property that anywhere else really thought about making dolls, those are twelve inch dolls as well.
0: Italy loves their magical they girls. Do. They, they love anime. They they ate them by the bucket load in the 70s, mm-hmm. and then by the time the 90s rolled around the people had grown up on that and they were they were making stuff, they were in positions of power, and we got things like Winks which then ended up being imported back to America and had dolls made which were made by Mattel, mm-hmm. and ironically they had those flexi bendy bodies Oh, I liked those dolls
2: I, was... I wish I had oh, kept them really instead nice. of a uh, garage sailing them early on Oh no, they go for such...
0: High amounts on eBay. Oh, at the I better not
2: even look. I'll feel bad.
0: <laughs> the packaging was really lovely mm. too. It's okay. They... I've
1: made my own mistakes. I passed on a chance to buy a Princess Kida doll in box for ten dollars as like a oh. high schooler. Yeah, that haunts me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ones that got away. One time away. I
0: found. One time I found all four hologram dolls for ten pounds <laughs> mm. at a charity shop. When I was like eleven, I didn't buy them, but that haunts <sighs> me, bastard. Um yeah just diving back to to winks um I do think winks is interesting because like we were saying about Sailor Moon being kind of like a, a doll property without dolls winks is a doll property without dolls like the license has been handed from toy company to toy company and I mean we probably won't go into it too much because i have a feeling we might end up doing an episode about this but something really interesting about the whole import and censorship thing stuff like that was still going on even 10 years ago because when nickelodeon got involved with the production of winks they really did a number on it mm-hmm. they retooled everything they they changed storylines they changed uh, dialogue And then eventually, uh, Rainbow, the company that owns Winx, and Nickelodeon had quite a spectacular falling out. And the guy that created Winx has gone on record since saying that fundamentally Nickelodeon didn't understand what Winx was or who it was for. And Nickelodeon was trying to market it to a much younger girl uh, demographic than than it was being made for. Um, I mean, it wasn't so much stuff like... uh, they made the lesbians cousins like with sailor moon it would have been more if they'd made tuxedo mask and sailor moon platonic friends Mm. because they redubbed all the dialogue in the winx movies where marriage was being discussed and proposals were being discussed and they they redubbed it with talking about being friends or going to a dance together so there's scenes with people getting out rings and getting down on one knee and the dialogue is like will you go to the dance with me
2: (laughs) oh that's wild
0: it's bonkers
2: So, it's still going on today. Weird cultural bowdlerization.
0: It's Mm never-ending.
2: Makes you kind of wonder, uh, when things are imported to Japan, what kind of changes they make.
0: Well, I mean, they normally just make things from scratch. Powerpuff Girls Z,
2: uh, that
0: weird Lilo and Stitch anime where they replace Lilo with a little Japanese girl. And everybody is drawn in super anime style, but all of the Stitch... Little alien people are drawn in the exact same style. I've never heard it's of this. It's very jarring.
2: That's
1: very oh. strange. And of course, the Monster High anime. Oh, yeah. In oh, the dolls. Probably
0: the most, uh, the most topical for dolls, yeah. I
2: suppose you could think of the Monster High anime as kind of like the inverse of the Saban Sailor Moon take.
0: Well, oh, God. I would love to do an episode about monster high someday Mm. i mean it's quite recent i think most people know quite a lot about it so i don't know what we'd have to say
2: you'd be like remember monster high wasn't that fun
0: (laughs) but let's talk about the monster high anime before we go because they redid all of that to meet japanese expectations like spectra went from being a, a silly kind of camp character to being a really ominous character that all of the other monsters were afraid of and whenever she would appear there would be a black shadow behind her and all of her dialogue was done by this like terrifying raspy
2: voice yeah they did some weird things to Gulia too where um well, she had an owl her owl pet avatar was the thing that spoke for her
0: i think i got the impression from watching it that the owl was the conscious thing and Gulia was just like a host supporting it.
2: <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Inside. Very strange. But yeah, it's, they did do it's some fun kind stuff of with kind it. of like I said, the 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 exact opposite of the Saban moon where they they took all those characters and just redid them in Japanese sensibilities. It's really interesting.
0: Mm. Well, I think that is something interesting with the the American export, and I mean, again, I am an English person, and I see it a lot with toys. I do think the sensibilities of things not being tailored to the market is something which I think comes up every now and again, because it's been in the the news a lot lately that parents here are starting to get quite upset about some of the um, edgier dolls MGA is making. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't agree with the parents, frankly, but, I mean, two major retailers have pulled them from shelves in the past week because of the outcry. And I think it's made me realise that I think UK consumers are probably a lot more conservative with dolls than I had expected. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I can kind of see where the whole Cindy nostalgia comes from with
2: that. I suppose when you look at a Na 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 doll in its little screen-printed underpants and then think back to your sweet, innocent Cindy doll, that maybe that is where that comes from.
0: I think it probably is. You know, Cindy was always kind of a...
2: Ironically, you could take Mormon. all of Cindy's underpants off, but you can't take them off of the Na 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 doll. Yeah. Well, True, the thing is... The doll na, ...is na, nah, really no, perverted. Have,
1: like, garters, <laughs> which is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I I I I
1: think dolls should have underwear, but I do think that giving a doll like a garter belt is pushing it. I wouldn't have a
0: problem. I I mean, I don't don't really have a problem with
1: it. I think that garter belt specifically is kind of like a little bit horny in a different way for playline, at least. Especially, yeah, when
2: the dolls look specifically like little children.
0: Well, I just want to say I do not endorse that opinion. I don't think there's anything wrong with the designs. Okay. I, uh, Joe but I can... wants
1: all Playline dolls to be horny. You can quote him on that. <laughs> oh, That's not you putting words I... in his mouth
2: at all.
0: <laughs> I do not see a problem with the design objectively. What I'm saying is I can see how parents of a more conservative mindset would be uncomfortable with a toy like that. Even though, ironically, Nana's surprise are probably closer to something like Little Miss Revelon where it is a weird adult child wearing adult clothes mm-hmm. instead of just a full-on adult like Barbie is.
2: That's a good mm-hmm. comparison there, I think, too, Little Miss Revlon.
1: It is like a baby head on top of an adult's body. Yeah. <laughs> I say that as someone who desires one very much.
0: <laughs> My mum had one as a child. Um, you know, Linda, you regretted getting rid of your wink dolls. Uh, she really regrets getting rid of Little Miss Revlon. I
1: bet. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have wanted a Little Miss Revlon since I was a small child. That was the first doll that I researched on the internet with my mom's help.
2: And that was that was made by Ideal, right? I believe so, yes. Mm, mm-hmm.
0: I think in the future we should definitely do an episode covering pre-Barbie dolls, because I think that is something people would be interested in learning about.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even though I'm not sure how much educational content is actually in this episode, because it's kind of me rambling about things.
1: Oh, we definitely gotta talk about Bill Lilly. And I think that we definitely need to say that uh, while we were talking more about anime dolls that were exported to the West in this episode, we will definitely cover Eastern dolls for the Eastern market in later episodes. Like oh, This completely. is not our, <laughs> our episode on that topic. We'll definitely probably be getting John on for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Definitely. This, yeah. uh, Yeah, uh, Japanese media um, imported to America and then having dolls made for an American audience is a completely different monster than Japanese media having domestic toys produced for a domestic audience. Just
2: compare side by side your Japanese Sailor Moon doll to your American Sailor Moon doll.
0: (laughs) That might be quite a fun picture to put on the Instagram, actually.
2: Mm -hmm. I could... Dig out my Sailor Pluto's and do that. Pluto was my character. That's I great. think you guys can agree that she's the coolest yes. Actually, Actually, moon I think yeah.
0: that might be quite a fun game to play before we go. Because I think it's getting up there with the minute mark, and that's. let's talk about who is your favourite Sailor Moon character?
1: Pluto. Pluto. <laughs>
0: okay. This is why we're I'm... friends. Yes. <laughs> I like Pluto because she has green hair. Mm-hmm. But I am basic, and Sailor Venus is my favorite because she is the pretty one and has a big bow in her hair. And
2: she's a blonde with blue eyes, which we all know is really your thing.
0: Um, oh, says I'm sorry. The Supergirl yeah. oh, I'm sorry.
2: I
1: meant that was my thing. <laughs>
0: um, I believe there's a saying about glass houses and stones. I can't quite remember how it goes.
1: Note: Venus is also the one covered in hearts. It's true.
0: Yes, but also I really like the colors because. Orange is a f- one of my favorite colors, and it's n- not a frequently seen color in dolls. That's
1: true, especially not on blonde characters.
0: No, I think it's fun. It gives her her color palette is very sunny. It's kind of the polar opposite of Pluto, whose color palette is very dark and hmm. I wonder g- why I like her
2: So that must mean that your favorite Winks character is the blonde one in orange, right, Stella?
0: Is that her name? It is, actually, yeah. Because <laughs> Stella is actually basically the same character as Venus. Like, like their personality is, you know, it's obviously made with love. Mm. Loving reference to Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. Although, Flora comes in a close second, because she wears pink and has hoop earrings. And I love hoop earrings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've never watched Winx. I don't know who my favourite would be.
0: Well, we're going to have to make you watch it. Although, actually, ironically... We were talking about butched dubs. Winks has butched dubs. You can't actually watch the entirety of it in English with one dub. It's all over the place. Mm. And some of the dubs are quite bad with the uh, I it is my understanding that the, the English dialogue was written by Italians who I don't think could speak English very well. Because the the way the characters phrase things is not how human people talk. <laughs>
1: Um, I note that I find it funny that I am a big fan of Angel's Friends, yet I've never watched Winx.
0: Yeah, that's like... I was going to say that's like being a Midge collector when you've never heard of Barbie, but it's not really. It's more like...
1: Well, I also watched Tokyo Mew Mew and was a big Tokyo Mew Mew fan before I ever watched any Sailor Moon at all, so...
0: You just like the adjacents.
1: Yeah. I I am a sucker, and you know what? I am a sucker for Midge. I really am. Animal, your anime girl hipster. I am a hipster.
0: I think we'll probably have to do an episode where I make you watch winks, and we get Uh, your live reaction.
1: Do you think it's? Do you think I would like that more or less than the Bratz movie we watched?
0: Shh, that's an upcoming episode. (laughs) spoilers oh, we have okay. that in the bank for if we run out of episodes oh boy <laughs> um i think you would probably like it oh, i don't know because you would you would have an absolute fit over the anatomy in the show like i i can hear you now like we'll be watching it and you'll be going like why are their backs bending like that why are their legs drawn like that that's not how leg bones work that's not how okay, muscle what works what leg bones did
2: those like, girls
1: have as a small child as a small child, back when you could watch three-part episodes of things on YouTube, I tried watching Winx. I did not make it through the first of the three-part first episode.
0: Oh because my god.
1: the art bothered me.
0: Well, it's funny to me because Bloom's backstory is genocide.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I'll have to look forward to this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that doesn't come to like the season. And also, like, the season one final has the city that they've been like going to for like their shopping trips and like hanging out in cafes and stuff for the whole series being like decimated in like a big war zone and like all of the shops have like smashed windows and there's like bodies laying in the street that you see on the screen. It is insane. Like you can tell this was not made by an American company because the level of what they thought was appropriate to show children is completely different.
1: <laughs> yeah um hmm hmm so let's look forward to that sometime
0: (laughs) yes and i think it's time for the wrap up
1: wrap it up wrap
2: wrap it up
0: so linda any final thoughts
2: um anime dolls are neat and i like them and uh this concludes my essay uh thank you very much for listening and i hope that you like dolls made of anime too
1: Right. My final thought is that liking obscure characters is dooming yourself to a life of suffering with no merchandise that's accessible. <laughs> do you know how much Angel's Friends dolls go for? I can't find them in America. I can't well, even find them in Italian eBay.
0: Well, we can talk about them when we do the episode about <laughs> Italian magical doll properties yes. because those designs have an interesting history. Oh. My final thought is we forgot to talk about the Sailor Moon dolls and how they fed into character design because I'm sure anybody that's watched Sailor Stars has noticed the ugly rat's tails on the starlights. They were added because Bandai was like, no, Toei, we need these to have brushable hair.
1: <laughs> also, Joe, you know, you're the one that's always like, gotta have hair play, gotta have long brushable hair. Well, it's your fault they look like that, okay? That is your mindset. That can be blamed for that.
0: (laughs) My mindset is the right mindset, okay? A doll needs brushable hair.
1: Even if it's a rat tail mullet. It's your fault they have rat tails.
2: (laughs) It's exactly you, Joe. Everyone who wants to complain about the rat tail mullets on the Sailor Stars can see Joe on Instagram at, I don't know, SensationalJoe at Instagram.com. And where say- can they find
0: oh, you, Linda, uh, Linda, to send you hate oh, mail?
2: please don't send me hate mail. I am fragile.
0: <laughs> I'm going to rephrase that. And and where can they find you, Linda, if they want to ask you more about Mall of America Canadian Imports Sailor Moon dolls? <laughs>
2: uh, the only place you can find me is on Instagram, and it's Miss jl 79
0: I think it's really funny that I convinced you to get that yes. Instagram and then never used Instagram yeah, when you started you using it properly, an and I was like... Again.
2: Damn you, Joe. <laughs> no,
0: I am now, because you've all peer pressured me into actually maintaining a proper Reverse Instagram presence. Pressure. And, you know, it's also probably good considering I'm a freelancer. So. There you go. And, uh, Emma Kate, where can we find you?
1: I thought you'd never ask. You can find me on Instagram at emmakate.sequentialarts for lots of art that is mostly doll and magical girl related. Ooh. I mean, I list in my bio on most places that uh, I like dolls, magical girls, and vintage horror movies, and that is just my personality. So if you like art of those things, you should look me up.
0: And if you want to look us as a podcast up, you can find us on the web at talkingdolls.org slash home. And we've got links to all our social media there, although if you pop Talking Dolls, into most social media search bar or Talking Dolls podcast will normally come up. Neat. And going back to the horror movie um, and actually going back to what um, Emma-Kate said about horror movies um, say something about horror movies now.
1: Uh, what about horror movies?
0: Well, the, when this goes out the next episode will be the Halloween episode.
1: Uh, that might be a little bit of a sneak peek spoiler at what might be coming our way
0: because even though we haven't really got into it yet because our podcast is in its infancy we're both huge fans of vintage horror movies
2: that's the good stuff
1: and maybe we want to talk about how they uh, tie in with certain dolls
0: Mm. spooky and interesting so that's it for this episode see you next week and uh You know, it's Halloween season And if import prices from Japan Aren't scary enough We've got a super scary Halloween special next week
1: I know, we drop like two episodes And then a Halloween special right away Next we'll have to do a Father's Day special
0: (laughs) If we follow the gem logic We will
1: It's the only holidays we'll ever talk about On this podcast
0: Well, you know, in December we can be like Barbie and have a nondescript holiday event.
1: It's holiday, even though the only aesthetic represented is Christmas.
0: Anyway, that's it from us.